And welcome back to a new episode of the StatCast with your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman. We have got quite a special episode coming up today. We've got, like we've been talking about, the March Madness bracket finally, finally came out. I feel like we've been waiting for this for over a year. Unfortunately, Obi Toppin has graduated, but we've got a March Madness bracket. It feels wonderful to actually go and, you know, fill it out. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. Sam, I know you've been having a lot of fun with that. What are we going to get into today? We're going to get into how to win your pool, not not how to make the best bracket, but how to win your pool, and my tips and tricks for creating a winning bracket. Sam does have one that I'm just going to say follows a lot of historical trends. We each have like also our own special brackets, but we are also going to have, and this is going to be on YouTube, live streamed actually, like before this evening gets posted, we're going to fill out... Uh, an official StatCast bracket. So stay tuned for that. Maybe check out YouTube. Maybe we'll have it on Spotify. We shall see. But anyway, we're going to get right into it. We've got so many teams to talk about. But first, Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Chris All right, and welcome back to the StatCast. All right, if you're listening to this podcast, I would say the best thing to do right now is go find a bracket, see what, ex- like, you know, keep the matchups with you because we're going to be talking about them um, basically as if, uh, you know, we've got the matchups right in front of us. So we're going to be going through every matchup. We're going to be talking about the best teams in each region, which teams we have think have a legitimate chance to win. Sam's going to be talking about historical trends, how to win your bracket. And so for all of these reasons, it's a, a terrific idea to pull up a bracket and, you know, have in front of you, maybe fill it out, maybe not. Maybe you agree with some of the stuff we say, maybe you don't, but we're going to talk about all of that. But so Sam, let's start off from the top. How, if I'm trying to win my bracket, what am I going to be doing? The first, the first thing you want to do, if you if you're trying to win a bracket, and you do you feel like you're you're smart enough about college basketball? Well, let's say that the only thing I know about college basketball is that I listen to the rest of this podcast, which means I'm going to know a lot about it. All right, so that means that you'll be good. So if you w- want to make a bracket that wins money, and you're going into a pool, you should pick the favorite to win. Mm-hmm. You should pick what you should pick the the team that everybody else is picking to win under the assumption that if you think you know more than other people, then the early bracket in the first two or three rounds is going to, you know, get you more points. So picking Gonzaga or Baylor uh, in your bracket is probably the best idea. Yeah, and Gonzaga is favored to win more than any other team. Michigan actually is second, the second favorite, but that's sort of because there was a lot of early action on the Wolverines when... You know, they were 125 to one far, far earlier in the season. And now they're a number one seed, even though most wouldn't say that they're the best team in college basketball, the second best team in college basketball. And they maybe say they're the third or fourth best. But yeah, Baylor and Gonzaga are absolutely the top team. Go on. Um, well, where do you want me to move on from there? Tell me more about it. Well, if we if you work backwards, I feel like you should work backwards till you get your final four teams. So historically, there's about... You want to pick who you think the champion is based on, you know, who is the popular champion among 
you know, everybody else. Yeah. Then in a year like this, to play in the championship game and lose in the championship game, you would you would pick the other favorite. So Gonzaga Baylor would be your championship game most likely, and then you would pick whoever you think is going to win, and th- mm-hmm. that'll that'll get you um points basically. All, all of the you know bracket pools do the point system, and you know picking the champion correctly is worth the most points. So ideally, these two teams would be one seeds. Because that frees you up to choose non one seeds for the other two final four teams. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a there's a few. I'll get into the exact numbers that I'm looking at when when we go over our bracket. But basically, it is as you get further and further, as more and more teams are in the round, you could feel more liberties to pick upsets that you think are going to happen. Gotcha. And so let's say that you know. I'm a fan of college basketball. I also want to know where the upsets are at. What are the most likely upsets that I'm going... Like, if I just pick an upset, should I be picking a 16 over a 1? It's happened before. Like, is the 8 to 9 range something I'm going at? Let's say that, you know, I've filled up brackets before, but I want to make sure that the math... Like, mathematically, I want to do my best. So since since 2000, what... There have been 80 total games, uh, 80 total first-round games for any given seed right. like for a one a one seed has played 80 first round games because you know there's been 20, 20 seasons four yeah. tournaments yeah so around region how many wins do you think separate a nine seed a 10 seed an 11 seed and a 12 seed out of if 80 I, if i had to guess i would say that a nine seed wins about like somewhere between like 48 to 50 percent of the time this is me not knowing the numbers a 10 seed probably wins about 45 percent of the time an 11 I feel like maybe it's like a diminishing returns kind of thing. So maybe 11 wins like 40% of the time and a, a 12 wins about 35% of the time. That's basically correct. It, the most important thing to know is that out of 9, 10, 11, 12, 10 wins the fewest. Really? Yeah. 9 is 37 for 80. 11 is 34 for 80. Right. 12 is 32 for 80. And 10 is only 31 for 80. So a 12 is more likely to win than a 10 seed? Yeah. I find so, that interesting, yeah. I think a good a good kind of way to go about it is the number of I would say the number of 10, 11 and the cumulative total of 10, 11 and 12 seeds you choose to win first round games should be about 5. Gotcha. Because it's like what? 3 out of 8 win yeah, every time. Basically, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what about a 13 seed. There are a lot of powerful 13 seeds this season. Tw- exactly 20%. Wow, so there's a so massive slightly difference. less. It was a, it's a massive difference because that's when you get into um, the auto bid teams and then the not at large teams, which means the at large teams are usually the first um, thirty six teams. Would you say like through eleven? I would through say. through eleven seed, and the twelve seeds are I, like I'd the say... the twelve seeds are the very good mid majors that um won their conference, but like or maybe smaller than mid majors, but they won their conference, but like they're probably they were like I don't know. 30 and 4 or something like that during the season. So yeah, right around 12 to 13 is where it starts becoming, you know, auto bid teams, which means they won their conference, which means they get an automatic bid and sometimes these conferences aren't as competitive like uh I'd say the Summit League, you know, there's a team from the Summit League which is all, you know, colleges from the Dakotas and Montana, etc., you know. Yeah, the Big South, Big Sky. Yeah, the Big Sky Horizon League. Yeah, exactly. Did Butler uh, used to be in the Horizon League? Am I misremembering things? I feel like Butler's long not even ago in this tournament. I'm just Butler. realizing this now. 
Butler? Yeah, they're not in this tournament. I just realized. We should that. mention this tournament. It's entirely taken place in Indianapolis or Indiana, rather. The only team from Indiana, the home place of college basketball. What, what's the Pacer slogan? We grow basketball here, or something like that. Yeah. The only team is the Purdue Boilermakers. So I guess they are the engineering college. They are representing Indiana's only hopes. And meanwhile, Archie Miller was fired the other day. Yeah, so. Indiana is looking for a new basketball coach. And among the candidates is John Beeline. That would kind of be incredible. And he would actually be able to turn that program around, I feel like. Because remember, if you watch any Indiana basketball, they're not in the tournament, so we'll get to the t- tournament teams quickly. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and they have a lot of barns in Indiana, so they really were missing their three-pointers badly. So anyway, we'll get into these teams. So I hope you've got your bracket pulled up by now. Let's break down these matchups one by one. So you've got Gonzaga first versus either the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. You know, Appalachian State, Norfolk State, they're 16 seeds. We don't have that much to say about them. Well, but Sam knows at least a little bit about Appalachian State. I do. Yes. I mean, maybe not in a oh, different oh, sport. Oh, no. Oh, no. What was that? 2008, 2009, 7, somewhere around there? Yeah, Michigan football, was... number five seed, schedules division two opponent, Appalachian State. Division two FCS, I don't even remember. And, uh, they weren't on our level. That's all I know. Well, they were above your level. And Norfolk State, for all the Mizzou fans out there, they oh. remember Norfolk State. When Kylo Quinn... What is he? Who ended up being a legit yes. NBA player? It's not like Paul. It's not like Phil Pressy or anything like that. Ended up or being his brother. Legit, yeah. The Pressies. Um, who else was? Oh, that was that was a fun Missouri team, but they were so so small. Like if they're not hitting their shots, and that was like high scoring game. Kylo Quinn just dominated them with the fifteen over the two. And funnily enough, I think the odds are very unlikely, but Norfolk State could technically play Mizzou in round two. So. That would be a rematch. Yeah, uh, let's not let's not let's not get crazy here. Yeah, let's talk about the more legit team. Sam, what have you seen from the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the the favorite in this tournament? Uh, my thing is, I really don't like high seeded uh, schools from non competitive conferences. BYU's in their conference. It's it's all right. You've named one. You've named one team. All right. Well, how about I name this? Do you think that Virginia, Kansas, and Iowa are good teams? Virginia, Kansas, and Iowa. Uh, yes. Did you know that they're all in uh, Gonzaga's region this year? Yes. Did you know that Gonzaga whooped all three of those teams this season, and they're the two, three, and four seed in this region? Yes. So let's let's hold it a little bit on the Gonzaga hasn't played anybody stuff. No, I I just think that they're thirty. Wait, are they? They're twenty seven and zero, right? thought they were 24 and oh they might be 20. they've won a lot of games and lost none that's all we know they might have been 24 and oh going to the tournament so 27 no sounds right but yeah gonzaga is undefeated they haven't lost anything their only game where they lost by more than by like fewer than 10 points was to west virginia which is a, number, a three seed in the tournament they, they they've been dominating teams they've been wiping the floor with them the, the only real reason i can give you not not to pick gonzaga is that no team has ever gone undefeated Indiana, the Hoosiers, since seven, 1976? Since, yes, in 40 years, so. Yeah, something like that. So Gonzaga, on the other hand, kind of has, they might be able to do it. This is kind of, this is why. So with Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy, which are your classic, you know, th- a hot shooting wing and your big man, you have a team that in a normal season would probably compete for a number one seed. Like, for instance, last season, they probably were going to be a number, either a number one seed or number two seed, and they had Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy, who were really, really good. 
Uh, and then they came back. Corey Kispert might win player of the year this year. I believe he was picked to be first team All-American today. But they also have Jalen Suggs. And Jalen Suggs is a dynamite scorer at guard. He's like 6'5". He plays good defense. And he's going to be a top five lottery pick this year, most likely in the top three. That is the kind of element that Gonzaga has not had. And it's sort of allowed them to play like an NBA team in that they shoot a ton of threes. They get a bunch of layups. They defend hard. Maybe, yeah, they don't necessarily go always go up against the best competition. But their shooters are so good. Corey Kispert's probably going to be, if not a lottery pick, then a top 20 pick. Then just think about the talent that just having Jalen Suggs has, right? Because Sam, yeah, very versatile. The other almost top fifteen, five and five. Yeah, lately. the other four guys in the projected top five in this NBA draft, and there's like sort of a drop off between the five and whoever's next. But who are the other top four guys in that uh, top five? You got Cade at Oklahoma State. Probably, probably Ao. No, I was not a top five pick. He's, you don't think so? No, he's not even gonna be lottery pick. I don't think. You got Evan Mobley. Okay. Evan Mobley, he was at USC. He's sort of he's easily the best player there. Cade is easily the best player on uh, Oklahoma State. And like these are not only guys who Jalen Suggs too, they're not only guys who are projected to be good, they have been good. The other two top five picks are Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga who are playing in the G League. There is just no, ta- like Jalen Suggs is just on a higher talent level than everybody else in college basketball outside of two guys, none of whom have anything resembling the team that they he's got around him with Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy and Andrew Nembhard and Joel Ayayi and everybody else. So they're under the reason they're undefeated, and the reason they're probably going to stay undefeated is because they blow teams out. They might do a lot of blowing out the, this entire tournament because it's not necessarily like the strongest region that they're in. Well, I mean, that's what you get for being the number one overall seed in the tournament. Yeah, the, you get a region in which uh, you've already crushed your the two, three, and four seeds in your region. All right, let's go to the next game. Oklahoma versus Mizzou. Got any takes on this one? Um, I have a few. This was... I don't think anybody's going to pick Missouri here, are they? I picked Missouri. Really? Well, I listen, I love Austin Reeves on Oklahoma. He's a, he's like a legit player. The thing about Oklahoma is that they were top 10 earlier on this season, right? Oklahoma yeah. was a top 10 team. They were on top of the world. You know who they beat? Uh, I think in like a week or two span, they beat KU, UT, and Alabama. A three seed, a three seed, and a two seed. And Oklahoma currently is an eight seed. And Emoja Gibson obviously is can rain threes. And like I said, Austin Reeves is just your classic uh, gutsy player who like when the push comes to shove in the tournament is going to be taking and probably making the clutch shots. But they have been skidding for a while. I'm not really quite sure why it happened. But they sort of just like kind of ran into a brick wall, and I think they're kind of going in the wrong direction. You think I don't Oklahoma know. is? Oklahoma is clearly going in the wrong direction. Mizzou too. I mean, Mizzou also looked a lot better, and now they're losing a bunch of games. But Jeremiah Tillman is really good. They're center for Mizzou. And Oklahoma actually has the second the highest seeds. win probability of any eight seed. Really? For their well, first round. Four, game. Okay, there's four eight seeds. I, the lowest, I assume, is going to be UNC, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Listen, I think Oklahoma might be a better team, but I'm a little worried from what I've seen from Austin Reeves lately. Like, the guy is forcing a lot of stuff, and the team has just not quite looked as talented as the guys they're playing. Maybe, yeah, they're in the Big 12, which is a super talented conference, and I think, like, almost gets underrated how good the Big 12 is right now because they could v- kind of easily have three teams in the Final Four, and nobody would be that surprised. But I don't know. I think Mizzou's a fun upset here. I'm not necessarily saying that, like, lock it in, Mizzou's winning. But don't just go and picking Oklahoma. If 
if they have like a, that's, you said that nearly everybody's picking them and they have a 50 something percent chance. I don't know maybe. if everybody's picking them. I'm just assuming that everybody's looking at the numbers like I am. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oklahoma's been a good team and they've trailed off a little bit. Same with Mizzou. But in terms of style, if Oklahoma doesn't really have anybody who can stop Jeremiah Tillman on Mizzou. And like if they play a slow game and Austin Reeves has to force a bunch of shots, I see, can see Mizzou doing stuff. All right. Let's get to the next matchup, which is one that a lot of people are circling as a possible upset special. Creighton versus UC Santa Barbara. What do you think of these themes? Uh, I think Creighton has a storyline attached to them, which isn't great. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about it, but you know. Yeah, Greg McDermott said a few things that were kind of really super racist and understand, like to his team. Like not only did he say him, he said him to his team. And... That is why the team is, I don't know if that's the reason they're skidding. They actually, they were skidding, and then they made a decent run in the Big East tournament, which whatever, it's the Big East tournament, so whatever. They beat UConn, though. And then they got just massacred by uh, Georgetown by like 25 points in the title game. They couldn't hit a shot to save their lives. But they've got Marcus Zagorowski on their team. Do you have any thoughts on him? Uh, I don't. I really don't on any of the players in this game because none of them are any good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Marcus Zagorowski can is like six four, six five. He can do it all. He's a really good shooter, really good passer. The team can shoot. Oh, it's a strong shooting team. But and you are also missing out on the very clear. I don't know about Kemba candidate. Who's like the guy on those like uh, Wichita State team? There wasn't quite Fred like Van a, Vliet. Yeah, or Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Clay Anthony Early, those kinds of guys. Ja'Cory McLaughlin is the the Kemba candidate on UCSB. He's a great shooter, great scorer. He's their senior team senior leader. This is like this is they're a 12 seed, but this is like a classic 12 over 5 upset. The team also shoots very well. So, here's something that I've seen that's a little interesting. It's when we talk about um possible, you know, quote unquote giant killers, which basically means like a a team that is seeded probably like maybe 5, 6, 7 uh, seeds lower than the team they're playing, can they beat them? Usually, it's when those teams don't match, when those teams match up very differently, that the giant killer has a better chance. Like remember, UMBC versus Virginia is the obvious example. UMBC raining threes on a Virginia team that just wants to slow the pace down and can't really make outside shots. But I'm intrigued to see what happens if two very maybe streaky shooting teams, or two very good shooting teams, go up against each other, and you have like Jacory McLaughlin going up against Marcus Zagorowski. I think this is actually going to be a very good game. But it's not, like, Creighton isn't necessarily worlds better than UCSB. UCSB has won nearly all of their games this season. So, the, they're a talented also, team. I remember that they're a bit better defending than Creighton is. Yeah. Only, Creighton, they only allowed 63 a game. Yeah, but also Creighton was, Creighton was playing in the Big East. But, yeah, they are not. A, also, UCSB has won 18 of their last 19 games. So, they're hot at the exact right time. All right. Um, should we talk about a team that's not hot, hot at the right time? Sure, Virginia. Yeah, so uh, what's going on here? Well, we don't know how many of their players are actually, you know, going to play. That's the start of it. Second, they've lost a lot of games recently. Yeah. And almost lost a lot more. We should mention that Virginia technically are the defending national champions because there's no uh, tournament last year. So it's, it's very possible, though, that once again they lose in round one to a seed in the teens. But uh, but what Virginia's got is they have a wor- much worse defense than a usual Tony Bennett coach team. Uh, Kihei Clark, again, Kihei Clark did a lot of fun stuff 
uh, what was it? In just all those games, like, uh, did, was he the one who made that pass against, what was it, Purdue, Texas, not Texas Tech? Who would they play in the semis or something? I don't know. They, they, Evo went on, like, a real, real blessed run when they won the title. But Kia Clark has not been good this year. He has only 5'9". Uh, Sam Hauser has been good. One of the Hauser bros. I, who did, does Michigan State have the other Hauser bro? I feel like that's right. No, I remember his the name. Brewers do. The Brewers? Yeah, they have Adrian Hauser. <laughs> it's spelled differently, but appreciate that. But um, the other Hauser, I my mind is thinking Doogie Hauser, but that's I know that's not right. But anyway, they're playing going up against Ohio, who has J- one of Jason the, Preston. Jason one of the Preston. best Jason. stories in basketball. Jason Preston, kind of like he's one of us. Jason Preston, before he hit a growth spurt in high school, he thought that he was going to be a journalist with his life. So he started writing for a fan-sided blog about the Detroit Pistons. Jason Preston was just doing that in high school and ended up growing, ended up getting two scholarship offers on a tape that he, highlight tape that he cut himself. He like, he made the highlight tape himself. Uh, he was on like the C team at some academy or whatever. He got a scholarship offer from Ohio. He's a junior and he's probably going to be an NBA draft pick now. Dude's big guard. He can do a lot. Uh, and also this team averaged 81 points a game and Virginia is not suited to score 81 points a game. They also only lost to Illinois by two. Yeah, exactly. That was when they first got on my radar. Like, I'm like, who's this kid named Jason Preston? And why is such a good Illinois team nearly losing to, I don't know, another team that's, uh, just named after a state, but that was worrying. Obviously Illinois has turned it around from, uh, mid January, but we'll get to that later. Um, should we talk about the other possible lotter, not possible, probable number two pick overall, Evan Mobley? Yeah, let's talk about USC. USC versus Wichita State or Drake. We don't know yet. It's always hard picking these games. Yeah. Because you you still don't know who's going to play. What I kind of like is that they match it up. So this matchup is Wichita State versus Drake, which are two like at large mid-majors yeah at large mid-majors though and the other one is michigan state versus ucla which is two legit blue bloods like true true blue bloods and uh i don't know just kind of funny matchups here yeah it's just that this is not the 11-6 uh you know to pick this usc team right now bpi wise is ranked 16th which is yeah a lot higher than a six seed in the tournament they beat ucla twice which is you know another another play-in team uh that's an 11 seed yeah they beat byu by 26 just throwing that out there byu yeah. another six seed wichita state and drake are also not that good like yeah, wichita wichita state, louisville should be here tyson like, Etienne is very good in wichita state but like they are also not the they're another team that had drama from a coach named greg but no, they're actually their interim coach has been very good and actually shed the interim table recently, which is cool. The team's playing for him. And Drake, they were undefeated at one point. Loyola Chicago is better than them for sure. Shaquan, Shaquan Hemphill, is, who was like injured for a while and possibly the reason they were losing games in the first place is going to be back. They could be good. I don't know. But not it's quite just, as good as USC. I don't, know if, I don't you, know if this is going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. The thing about... so. The reason it might be fun is just because, you know who Andy Enfield, USC's coach is? No. He was the coach of Florida Gulf Coast during their Dunk City. Right mm. after that tournament, USC snaps him up, and he's been dropping bags. The assistant coach is Evan Mobley's dad. They also last year recruited Evan Mobley's older brother. Now they have Evan Isaiah. Mobley. Isaiah Mobley, yes. Yeah, so now Evan Mobley is was the Pac-12 
player of the year, freshman of the year, defensive player in the year, all this stuff, averaging 17, eight and a half, three blocks a game. Amazing. Yes. Watch Evan Mobley because you're going to see him in the NBA for a long time, is what I'm saying. But Andy Enfield knows how to drop the bag, and this team is legitimately dunking on everybody. So this, like, they're likely going to play Kansas in round two. I think they're going to win this game. And them against Kansas should be a lot of fun. But you want to get into that Kansas game? Um, it's not much of what, a game. What, what do you think of? Well, okay. Well, what do you think of Kansas? Just tell me. Forget about the game. What do you think about Kansas this season? I think they're a classic blue blood team that's going to go farther than people think. Why is that? Because all of the other teams in this region aren't really blue bloods that you know are staple elite eight teams. What do you, you know? Mean? Yeah. Well, uh, Virginia is notorious for choking. Yes. You know, among the higher seeds, Iowa hasn't been to Elite Eight in forever. Yeah. Luca Garza does not have any tournament experience, I don't think. You know, Gonzaga is, you know, very hit or miss, I think. Gonzaga has been hit, 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 hit this year, though. And these guys, maybe they played last played in tournament a couple of years ago, but nevertheless, this is a very good Gonzaga team that's played with each other for a long time. So, but yeah, I see what you mean about Kansas. I don't think they're a Final Four team. I think their their ceiling is an Elite Eight team, though. We'll get we'll get into where I have them. Yeah, the but most I'm, I just yeah. I think they're I think they're one of the better three seeds. What do you like about them? What do you like about their team? Well, Kansas, on top of you know being in an actual real conference, Big Twelve, is, that's you right. know, is they're just a well balanced team. They averaged seventy three a game. Mm-hmm. They play really good defense. They only give up Marcus 66 Garrett. a game. Marcus Garrett might be the best defender in college basketball, I should mention. Who is, and they've he's probably had, their best player. They've had a lot of games against, you know, ranked opponents. Yeah. They lost they, to the season series to Longhorns, but they beat Baylor. They handed Baylor their first loss. Yes. And they only lost to the Zags by 12 points. Yeah. Which, like, isn't so bad considering. Yeah. And also, they had a COVID outbreak, too. And so David McCormick was out when they... and. Basically, they ended up missing. Uh, they they didn't get to play their semifinal game against UT in the Big Twelve championship game, and now they have a little more COVID outbreak. This is a team which, like you think, might actually get replaced. I don't know. Hope not. Hope not. But David McCormack is a great center. Ochiak Baji, like he can score in bunches, and like I said, Marcus Garrett can play very good defense. I would love to see Marcus Garrett trying his best against Luca Garza. That'd be a lot of fun. I don't know if he would guard him. Because like he's a little smaller, but David McCormick against Luke, uh, Luca Garza would be a lot of this. Kansas Iowa would be a great game to watch. I think McCormick is a unit. <laughs> watching yeah. him is just watching him bully kids. It's yeah. amazing. Basically, with McCormick, you are hoping he fouls out, like you were with Mobamba. Uh, who's the no? Who's the guy Kansas had last year that ended up getting? I think he got drafted. Maybe two years ago. No, 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 last year. Bill Self. Bill Self is the coach. No, I know. I'm oh, who's the guy? Spitballing. Um. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I'm gonna hate myself when I when you when you. Azubuki. Yeah, Doka Azubuke. Azubuke, like the more he, the longer he played at Kansas, the better he got at not fouling out because and he had like one of the some of the I think one of the best uh just rating uh on off ratings in basketball when he you know was actually able to stay on the court and they're playing against Eastern Washington, which great they've won a bunch of games in a row. They won a ton of games recently, but they are not beating Kansas. Like, if they do, congrats, but they don't really look like it. Tanner Groves is all right. I don't know. Maybe. Their logo is kind of cool. Yeah. But so let's talk about a game which I I don't think I'm going to enjoy this game. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but Oregon VCU. 
weird, weird game. Yeah, it's very much, man, it's, it's kind of two doormats. I would not say doormats. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not Chris DC Duarte, the shooter on their team, He he's whatchamacallit. He made a 13 All-American, which is pretty good. And Will Richardson is back. Will Richardson is the guy who I think was preseason first team all Pac-12. And he's the they have won like I think something like eleven out of twelve games they had won before losing to Oregon State in the semifinals. And Oregon State was just hot. Unbelievably hot. So I don't blame them too much. I feel yeah, like yeah, Oregon yeah, at seven's a bit high, do you not? No. They're not that they're not that good. They're eleven and three, I should say. They're eleven and three since Rule Richardson came back. They might be a lot better than a seven seed, is all I'm saying. I think they're worse than a seven seed. They, but for most of the season, they have played like worse than a seven seed. But recently, they're a little better, I would say. I, I would say, like, I would... Them having a seven seed and Colorado having a five seed is just a little weird to me. I'd give, like, yeah, I mean, San Diego the, State the a five seed and give bad. them both six seeds or something like that. Give Tech a five seed. I don't know. Tech's better than a six seed. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Will Richardson is very good. I like Will Richardson a lot. Um, they could they could beat Iowa. I don't know if they will beat Iowa. Don't they have Sabrina? Uh, Sabrina Ionescu is yeah. Don't they Oregon have Oregon brother? Her brother? Really? I have no earthly idea. I can't imagine he's as good as her though. So yeah, I'm looking at the roster right now. Eddie. Wow. And he is looks it... just like her, so it must be. You know what? How many points a game is he averaging? Exactly zero. Well, he played one game and got three minutes. Three trillion, maybe, perhaps. All right, so they're playing against VCU. And VC, like, VCU is in this bracket. Wichita State is in this bracket. Kansas is just, like, scared. It's the, yeah, it's Northern the Iowa is going to pop up. to be Kansas. Yeah. And if, like, Northern Iowa just, like, shows their head somewhere, you know, Kansas is just going to start running for the hills, hoping it's COVID outbreak. But, um, yeah, Mich- Michigan also beat Kansas in the tournament. Well, yeah. That, but that's, that one time that yeah. they blew that lead. Yeah, but anyway, so um, VCU, the thing that I would say about them, this is all I've got, is that they are – Top five in the country in both blocks per game and steals per game. And Deshaun Highland could put up a lot of points and bomb up some threes, which, like, you don't necessarily expect from a VCU team. That's all I've got. That's all I've got from uh, VCU. You got anything on them? Some people are picking them to win two games this tournament, which I don't think. To beat Iowa? Oregon to beat Iowa. Some people. Not me. The reason is, like I said, the reason is because they got Will Richardson back. And Chris Duarte, obviously, is very good. 15-plus a game scorers. Will Richardson, like, when we say Kemba candidate, by the way, remember Kemba Walker, the year yes. that he just, like, or, like, Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier was a classic same Kemba team. candidate. Yes, because he was on the same team, and they did something very similar in uh in winning it all. But, yeah, so Kemba Walker is, like, a guy who's probably a senior or a junior or something like that. He's the heart and soul of the team, and he leads them single-handedly to, even if it's not, like, to winning the championship like Kemba did, to like the final four or the sweet 16 if you're a bad team like that that's a kemba candidate and so um i, I like would the say the west region has like two that. of those players the midwest region yeah um what mac mcclung <laughs> no Cade and <laughs> oh the midwest cameron crutwig oh my god well we're, we're gonna get to mini Jokic later but uh so iowa what do you think yeah. about so tell me about iowa you were your team is in the same conference as iowa you've been watching them all year uh, they were very good at the start of the season. They're a two seed uh, for good reason. They're a two seed for good reason. They've turned. They've seemed to have turned it around at the right time. They lost to the semifinal, but they made a valiant comeback attempt. Yes. Uh, Luca Garza is the classic Doug McDermott, very 
slash Tyler Hansborough. Like, yeah, kind he's of like tall, kind of together. unathletic. Can score, but like from scores a lot all three. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. From all three. What, what's it, what do they say? They can score from all three, all three levels. levels. Yeah, that's it. That's Luca Garza. Dominant big man. Dominant big man. Like he's 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 the player of the year. He could have been player of the year last year. Obi Toppin was it Google Garza came back. He's he's the he hasn't had a Naismith moment yet, but uh, you know. And also this team is loaded around him. Joe Wieskamp can hit threes, Jordan Bohannon can hit threes, CJ Frederick can hit threes. I think all those guys are shooting over 38%. I think CJ Frederick is shooting like 47%, which is nuts. Um here's the issue, of course. What about Sam, what do you expect for a team which has a dominant offensive big man and a, a bunch of dominant three-point shooters? What do you uh, expect? To get absolutely blown out on the defensive end? Yeah, exactly. This team cannot play defense at all. But the team that the, basically the teams that are going to be able to beat them are the teams that are going to be able to like run a really good pick and roll action against them. You need like a good point guard, a good big man, and um, that's another like I don't know. I don't know if USC has a point guard for it. Dave, maybe David. I don't know if like Kansas quite has the stuff to match it. Gonzaga definitely does. But um, yeah, so Oregon, perhaps it's possible. We'll see. We'll see. Iowa's got holes. Iowa could also win the title. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Can we get to Grand Canyon, home of the Lopes, home of the best fans in college basketball? And I mean that legitimately go watch mm. any grand canyon game on youtube you will see they have the best fan section better Great. than the cameron crazies YouTube has forced grand canyon upon me with all their stupid ads i hate it i've seen none of these but i I, I search it out i search it out <laughs> but no so grand canyon's an amazing story do you know the story sam i don't know the story so they come into vision one i think like six years ago or something like that maybe six or seven years ago and their their coach is dan marley which Sure. Uh, college basketball legend. Under Dan. Yeah. But anyway, he coaches them. There's a rule that I think for your first four seasons when you're in Division One, you can't be eligible. And this team like was winning 20-plus games every year. They were probably the best team in their conference every year. They couldn't make the tournament. The first year they're eligible, the team stinks. They just nosedives. They win like nine games. Dan Marley gets fired. And so you know who they hire? Friggin' Bryce Drew to be their coach. Scott Drew's brother, Bryce Drew, former coach at Valparaiso, Terrible coach at Vandy, and they are back. They are in the tournament for the first time ever. And one cool thing about them is that they have a seven foot, two hundred seventy pound center from Denmark. Ah, uh, yes, Asbjorn Midgard. Yes, and that's kind of all I've got on them. But that's Grand Canyon for you. Yeah, know. that's the Grand. That's the Grand Canyon for you. There's a lot of holes. Not in their defense, though. Got them. All right. Um, let's see. Do you want to move to the east or do you want to move to the south? Uh, let's 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 migrate east. All right. So if you're following us along in your bracket, just scroll on right down. You've got Michigan against Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Anything? Okay. Next. Have you? Oh, okay, Have you seen the stuff about Mount St. Mary's? Um, the only thing about Damian that I know about them, No, the only thing I know about them is that they have two abbreviations in their name. Two too many. And um, what you call it? An apostrophe. But yeah. Uh, so Mount St. Mary's, Damian Shonkey. Uh, who is one of like the most clutch players you will ever see in college basketball? Like he he just makes like he's got all these highlights of him just like taking the ball into his hand, scoring a bunch of points with like two minutes left to go and winning the game or clinching the game or whatever. He's five foot eight. He had his mother murdered and his father paralyzed in shootings in his hometown of Baltimore. And yet, despite being five foot eight 
And having that be his backstory, he is averaging 15, 4, and 5 and has Mount St. Mary's, which I have never heard of in the tournament. Like, they're not going to beat Michigan, but this kid's fun. Where is Mount St. Mary's? Like, where do they think that is? If I had to guess, I would say it's near a mountain. But I, I don't know Mary New Hampshire. A... I'm going to look it up. Sorry, Mount St. Mary's, but... It says just... the Mount. That's that's uh, their team logo. It like It's not Mount St. Mary's. It's not Mountain St. Mary's. The, no, they're the Mountaineers. That makes sense. Mm. But the Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers. It's not Mountain St. Mary's. It's the Mount. The Martin... Uh, oh, it's in Emmitsburg, Saint... Maryland? What? That would might have been the 50th state, I guessed. Yeah, I didn't know they had mountains in Maryland. But St. Mary's, maybe that's it. Maybe it's something to do with that. Oh, yeah, Mary, yeah. Sure anyway, that. UTSA, uh, sure, they have a decent transfer from Oklahoma State, Michael Weathers. You will probably not watch a second of UTSA basketball. So, I mean, unless you're really into the first four. So they're going to play Michigan. Sam, tell me about this Michigan team. I want to hear all about it. Um, We're as inconsistent as it gets. Juwan Howard really represents who this team is. And right now, he's pissed. Yes. He's ejected. Not, he got ejected from a tournament game, which we won. Yeah. Uh, we lost to Ohio State. That's never good. No. Because, you know, Ohio State is kind of a, a, a football school, not a basketball school. So is Alabama, and yet here they also said is it. Hunter Dickinson, you know, he's their center. He's not the best center in the Big Ten, which is really unfortunate. Second best, right? Right? Probably. Yeah. I would I would take Coburn over, over Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Livers, he's going to get drafted this year, probably. He's out for the tournament. But he... It, At least to the they, Final Four. At least to, 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 till the Final Four. Is that, is that actually what they said? He, it, he said, I think it was a quote from him, I, like, I'm like i going to need a miracle. So that means he's playing. Mm, I don't know how many miracles in Michigan we've had. So uh, was, uh, There was the Jordan Poole shot. Yeah, well, you only get one, of those per de- you get one of those per decade, though, so... Uh no, we had one in 2011 and one in 2017. No, 2012 and 2017. The Jordan Poole one is the miracle one. Trey Burke was great. Jordan Poole one was. What do you mean? I... Trey, we were literally down 20 in the second half, and then he hit a three with five seconds left from 30 feet. Wasn't the Trey Burke one? Sorry, the Jordan Poole one like a buzzer beater in overtime with like as the buzzer sounded from like 35 feet or something like that. Yeah, Trey Burke's was basically the same thing, except it was to tie the game. Yeah. So one great one. I can't believe it actually happened and we witnessed. But anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the rub on Michigan. They are a number one seed, though. They, I think they're what are they like top five in in Ken Palm on both offense and defense this year, though. They're number two overall in Ken Palm. I know that much. Yeah, or something like that. So this is a very good team that's been really good all season long, and I don't think they have that difficult, at least on their side of the bracket. Their side of the bracket is pretty easy. Although you'll hear what I have to say about LSU in a little bit. But I think they're very good. I just, um, most people, I think, are picking Alabama to not them to make it to the Final Four. And I, when, I, I certainly don't yeah. think Michigan's making it to the Final Four. Yeah, whenever you see, like, people picking teams, consistently picking teams other than the number one seed in the region to make it to the Final Four, you got to wonder if they're a little inconsistent and they're not quite. But, again, Michigan's a very good basketball team that could easily get to the Final Four. It's just a really bad time for them to try to make it there. So, uh, yeah. But, they're, you know, they're going to beat either Mount St. Mary's or UTSA, probably, very likely. But, yeah, so, Sam, you don't believe me when I say LSU can give Michigan trouble, though, do you? No, because they're not going to win the first game. You might be right about that. Why not? Why don't you think they're going to win the first game? I mean, it's the Bonnies, they have Kyle Lofton, you know, yes. one of the greats. 
could have been Kenny Lofton if he wanted to. He's averaging about five and a half assists and a one and a half steals. Osanui is really good. They're center. Big guy. Dominant. He's he's very good in the post. And they're a top 25 Ken Palm team. Ken Palm basically is like a a very good, very well-respected ranking system by advanced stats for those who don't know. The problem with LSU is I don't think they're anything more than traffic cones on defense. <sighs> yes, they have one of one of like the, on the Mount Rushmore of bad guys right now. You have Will Wade there. Bad guys meaning they're dropping a bag. There's a lot of cash in it, and that's why you're coming to LSU. Will Wade. I don't even know how many times he's been caught on tape talking, or somebody's been caught on tape. But like Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas yeah. is scoring 23 a game. Trenton Watford dropped 30 against Bama in the SEC title game, and Javante Smart is hitting 42% from three. So this is this is a very, very good team. Like, those three guys can hang with basically anybody else's best guys offensively. Like, if they were playing Iowa or something like that, that would be just man, that oh, a smoke show. Game. Oh, man, that, that's like, that is, that's race to 100. Instead of the race to 69 we usually have in college basketball. But... Oh my goodness. Oh, I should mention the number one bad guy in college basketball is Sean Miller, yeah. coach of University of Arizona. And they decided to, uh, Sean Miller, uh, Archie Miller, I believe they're brothers, but both not in this tournament. But yeah, Sean Miller, he, uh, they, they decided based on everything that was going on, including like a possible five year ban and a lot of other stuff, that they were going to say, you know what? We are choosing to self-ban. We are self-immolating, and we will not be in the tournament this year. So uh, so brave. Yeah, so brave when you have a pretty terrible team that's wasn't even going to make it in the first place. But and now I don't want to go there. But anyway, yeah, well, they still got money, though. It's not like Sean Miller is going to stop uh, dropping bags. Anyway, Will Wade, another bad guy. LSU has been very, very good recently, and I think both they and the Bonnies are really fun teams. It's going to be a weird matchup because St. Saint Bonaventure is a very good defensive team, and that's what could slow down LSU. That's how you beat a fun, exciting team. Is you slow them down, you make them not just you know shoot a bunch of dumb shots because like come on, one of these has to go in, right? And while consistently just beating you, forcing turnovers, and that's what I worry about with LSU. But could they beat Michigan if they get past round one? If Livers isn't playing, then maybe. Let's say Livers isn't playing, which is very likely. That's what stress. Then maybe. Yeah, stress fracture was like. Last Friday, the game would be this Friday, either this Friday or Saturday. I don't know which, but they yeah. said it was a stress injury, not a stress fracture. So okay, I saw a stretch fracture today, but you never know. He he could come back. It would take a miracle though. Um, so Colorado, we mentioned them a little bit earlier. Whether or not they're good enough for a five, so it's Colorado versus Georgetown. So any thoughts on these teams? I mean, obviously, I have thoughts on Georgetown. The Patrick Ewing effect. They won the Big East tournament. They're riding high, despite being 13 and 12 and having a 0.7 point differential. Yeah, I have them winning two games in this tournament. Really, you have so you have them like clinching a a, fi- a record over 500. They already have a record over 500. Clinching it though, clinching. They would only need to win one game to clinch a record That's over true. 500. It's true. Yeah, Patrick Ewing. Not only did he win the Big East tournament, he won it all in Madison Square Garden, which I think is nice. You know, he never he ever won anything in there, so it's nice that he finally was able to pull it off, right? <laughs> but yeah, they've been very good since their COVID break. Most teams that like Baylor hit a COVID break and were have been only very good instead of like otherworldly since. And Georgia Michigan hit the one. biggest COVID COVID break. Yeah, they had a weird COVID break though. No one None got of their COVID. guys had it. 
Yeah. It was just that was they a, found a variant in the athletic program. Yeah, it was university-wide. But yeah, in Colorado, we haven't really mentioned him, but uh, McKinley Wright the fourth though, Buffs legend. Legit Buffs legend. This is his first and probably only tournament. Another Kemba candidate. He's a senior. They haven't made the tournament since 2016. Um, McKinley Wright is going to be really fun against a Georgetown team. That like you know Javon Blair is great. This can this is probably like a very classic college basketball game where it really does end like six seventy to sixty nine, sixty nine sixty eight, something like that. But once again, like we were talking about with Creighton and uh, UCSB, Colorado and Georgetown is going to be a very close matchup, and so that's why I think the twelve seeds. You, what about you? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, we'll get into it when we get to the bracket, but you know. They're the first two upsets that I would look at. Yeah. All right, so next we've got Florida State and UNC Greensboro. Let's see if we can get through these a little faster, but uh, Florida State, UNC Greensboro, any thoughts on either of them? Uh, Florida State's pretty fast. UNC Greensboro is very in the middle, which, you know, identity crisis, red flag. Yeah. Um, FSU is unbeaten against ranked teams. Which is really good. UNC Greensboro is not ranked, though, so maybe that helps rather than hurts. They lost to Winthrop by eight. Winthrop's a good team. Winthrop's a good team. Um, and well, only stuff I got here is that one thing that Giant Killers do a lot, Cinderella's do a lot, is they're very good at offensive rebounding, which UNCG really, really is. I think they're one of the best rebounding teams in the entire country. The issue is that Leonard Hamilton's Florida team, Florida State team, is very long, very tall, very deep, very athletic, terrifyingly large, as I wrote down in my notes. And Scotty Barnes is likely the best prospect outside of the top five. And he's their star player. The only thing that they don't have is consistency. I don't know. This team isn't quite consistent enough, but I think they're better than UNC Greensboro. So, yeah. Wes Miller's the coach, by the way. Speaking of Miller's. Another, yeah, another. UNC Greensboro. All right. Um, Let's get to BYU against a Blue Blood. Which Blue Blood we, should we have? I don't think it'll matter, honestly. I think I think the Blue Blood will win. Yeah? I think BYU Michigan State. Pretty bad. I think Michigan State is a lot better than UCLA, for, first of all. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. Johnny Juzang is fun, though. Johnny Juzang on UCLA is fun. He's going to shoot a lot of threes. But, uh, yeah, I think, not I think a lot of threes are going to be shot in this game. Yeah. And also, Tom Izzo is Mr. March, uh, Michigan State's coach. My uncle graduated from uh, Michigan State. So, shout my out grandfather, to Michael. My grandparents on my mom's side hate Izzo. Well, yeah, I assume they're Michigan fans. So, you know. No, they're Iowa fans. Oh, okay. Aaron Henry is the guy to watch in Michigan State. Um, Michigan State beat Michigan. I'm going to say, sure, they lost the first game, but they beat Michigan the second one, even though the second one didn't really matter at all. And BYU nearly beat Gonzaga. They, they were up on by 14 on the Zags in the WCC championship game, and they couldn't quite pull it off. But they're a very balanced team. But they're, they're only... This is kind of a funny problem, though, that I'm thinking. So the, only, the thing that they don't do is they don't create turnovers, and they give up a lot of turnovers. And most Cinderella teams, you know, they take it to teams like that by running really fast, or playing really good, really good defense, forcing turnovers, um, and like just playing smart basketball. The issue is that they are playing like the literal opposite of a Cinderella team in either Michigan State or UCLA. So I don't know. Maybe they play Abilene Christian. They're in a little bit of trouble. But BYU, uh, I don't know. BYU, Michigan. I think I yeah, I like Michigan. All right. I do too. Let's get into a matchup that scares the hell out of me because everywhere I look, I see. You know, you're gonna have to take the wheel on this one because okay. you know I don't see the vision. Okay, I am a diehard Longhorns fan. I'm a diehard University of Texas fan, 
I always have been, always will be. But And I love the basketball team this year. Jericho Sims, dominant center. When they get the ball to him, he is just progressing and like, Instead of just being the guy who, you know, uh, catches the ball in the post and just dunks it right away, he catches the ball, makes a few moves, and then is able to dunk it. He's expanding his range a little bit. Kai Jones is going to be a lottery pick, which he's not even, like, the in the top five best players, most important players on this team. I don't think Greg Brown is also going to be a first-round pick. Isn't even in, like, top six or seven most important players on this team. Matt Coleman... Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones are the three guard monstrosity. So Matt Coleman is crazy, but insane in like a good way. He can score from anywhere, maybe not from anywhere, but like he can always create a shot and he is a very smart player. Courtney Ramey is like a a lot like Matt Coleman, maybe like 90% of Matt Coleman, just in every sense of the word, very good defender. And Andrew Jones, amazing story. Kid had leukemia came like as was a top prospect had leukemia came back and led the team that won the big 12 in scoring great three-point shooter jace fabris is healthy now for microfracture surgery and he's hitting shots brock cunningham is like the kind of player you have on your team where everyone needs like a guy who does everything he makes timely steals takes charges he's like buzz cut brad davidson in wisconsin sort of or like a grayson allen kind of player without being dirty that's brock cunningham and that's like what a team like this kind of needs, a really strong, just in all aspects of the team kind of thing. However, this is, this is, that's after a lot. And this, this, this is like, this is a team which I believe, Sam believes, has final four potential. They aren't amazing at scoring in the half court. And they turn the ball over too much. And they're not that great at help defense. And the team they're playing, a 14 seed, Ablin Christian, has a very good, has Colton Cole, who is a dominant big man, who... His per 40 stats are 26, 10, and two blocks. It's kind of scary. They have a great defender whose name, I kid you not, is literally Reggie Miller. And they force a ton of turnovers and are one of the best passing teams in the country. That's it. That's what I've got on them. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that, that, that the team that could scare us? Uh, no, I think you are very paranoid. <sighs> okay. I hope so. I hope so. Because I, I, this UT team is the best one that we've had in a very long time. And it looked like we were kind of dead in the water for a little bit, but we turned it around, won the Big 12, which, come on, we beat, we beat the Cades, which is terrific. Just absolutely so much fun. And yeah, I love this Texas team. I hope we, I hope we go further. All right, let's get to, um, I believe I didn't, forgot to write these guys down, but UConn is this guy named James Booknight, who is, like we mentioned, a, another possible candidate candidate. Sam, you are very high on the Huskies. Tell me why. It's all on. It's all on advanced stats. They they are very high on BPI. They are very good as of you know recently. They are amazing at offensive rebounding. Thirty six percent offensive rebound percentage. They average over a point per possession, and the opponent turnover percent turnover percentage is two and a half points higher. So. They're a really good team that could beat a great Alabama team. Maryland is like, what is it, the exact op- Maryland is just a real annoying team to play. They play slow. They want very few possessions. Mark Turgeon um, gets mad at everybody. And I think, you know, I think they could cause some problems for you. See, that's a thing with, like, uh, teams like UConn, which, like, they have the potential to beat a two seed, but the reason they're a seven seed is because they weren't good enough at beating the bad teams, beating, like, the ten seeds like Maryland. So that's the only place I worry about them. But if they can get past Maryland, I think they could beat Bama. But also that would entail beating Bama, which I mean, this is 
this Bama team is freaking loaded. What do you have? To, what do you? What do you think about Bama? Yeah, they don't have Colin Sexton. Yeah. Okay, it's been a while, but Nate Oates is still their coach. They dominated the SEC, which had a bad conference. So I think people are overrating them it's a, a football, little it's bit. It's a football conference, not not a, yeah. not a not a baseball conference. But Herb Jones is so friggin' good. Herb Jones, I think he was SEC Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. John Petty is the sniper you need. Javon Quinterly uh, has been sh- has sort of turned it on. He's been shooting fifty two percent from three in his last ten games. And Nate Oates, who's a really really great coach, has sort of designed them like an NBA team in the sense that they shoot mostly threes, mostly layups. If you are an NBA fan who is not super that's into college basketball, turn on like Bama versus UConn maybe in round two or Bama versus UT in round three or Bama versus whoever really because they're going to be super entertaining and you will have really enjoyed watching them play. Maybe, yeah, there isn't quite enough defense played, but Herb Jones still is a great defender. Javon Quinterly could suddenly leap to be the best offensive player on this team. They've got talent all over the floor. And who are they playing? Rick Pitino. The Gales of Iona. Rick Pitino is Iona's coach. Rick Pitino, um, for those who do not know, I can't fill you in right now. Look it up. Rick Pitino, though, is back in college basketball. He's trying to parlay this into like a head coaching job at God knows where. I don't know. Indiana? Should Indiana hire Rick Pitino? If, if Iona beats Bama, should Indiana like hire Rick Pitino yesterday? I say yes. Why not? He's going on a Big Ten tour. Uh, someone's got to go to Indiana. Brad Stevens to Indiana is what I've seen. Thoughts on that? No. That's ridiculous. Yeah, why would he want to go to a team that is um, obsessed with who they were in the 80s and prob- relatively relevant now? Why would he ever want to go to a team like that? Did I render you speechless? Let's move on to the next week. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's go to Baylor. Let's go to one of the best teams in the country that has looked a yeah, little BU, shaky recently. The best team in the country. BU. Hook'em Bears. Hook'em Bears. I once had someone ask me if I went to Baylor because I said I, that I go to BU, and I do not. But nevertheless, we... No, I don't know if we like Baylor here. Baylor... So what do you think of Baylor? What are your thoughts? Of, I, I've watched a lot more Baylor than you have, I feel like, but from what you've seen, what do you think? You, you, you uh, seem to be picking them to win the title. Which I do, yeah. I am because they can both score and defend. They're over one point one points per possession, which is bonkers. They shoot forty two percent from three. Oh yeah, this is the best three point shooting team in the country. Yeah, uh, they their opponent turnover percentage is twenty one percent. Their offensive rebound percentage is thirty six percent. I mean, it's ve- it's like the kind of stats you want for a tournament team when the thing about baylor is jared butler who i believe is a first team all-american player of the year contender i should say two uh, steals a game yeah davion mitchell and masio t can score in bunches like that's the, the, that three guard combo is wonderful and also mark vital if you watch enough baylor he will probably end up being like your favorite player in college basketball because he's like this pj tucker type who's always angry he's big he's always going at guys he can you know he's probably gonna pick a bunch of fouls but he's also gonna body up against anybody he's not ever afraid he's the small ball center many would refer to him as he's like he seems like he's six foot five which is nuts but i would believe it so yeah and this baylor team they lost two games this entire season they lost the cades in the conference uh semis and they lost the ku like two games after coming back from a long long COVID break they had one of the played one of the best games of the season in a great comeback against West Virginia. This is a really dominant team. Yeah, the, 
people were putting them and Gonzaga in the same sentence all season long. So but Gonzaga hasn't played competition, and Baylor has. Exactly. Yeah, that's the difference. Gonzaga, outside of the very good non-conference schedule they had, has not exactly played anyone good in a long time. Baylor's played a lot of good teams. They've se- tested their medal against them, and I think they could very easily like that people are are writing them in pen in in the final four basically i mean baylor ohio state they're sure. really not they're they're writing illinois in pen which makes me upset it's because we'll get to that region when we get to that region but yeah all right yeah hartford woohoo first time in your big dance that's great uh i know somebody who goes who went there and is now in minor leagues nice that's not bad one cool thing about Har- hartford is that they have a bunch of fun international players they just recruit from everywhere, Australia, New Zealand, uh, I don't know, Eastern Europe. So if you see some strange names on the backs of jerseys or you hear some weird accents in like the postgame press conference, if you're listening to the Hartford postgame press conference, tell us. I want to know where they're from. Um, um, so UNC Wisconsin. I'm a Badgers fan here. Yeah? 100%. Interesting. Okay. Would, Why is that? Vi- um, Oldest team in the country. Yeah. Their, their best player is a redshirt senior <laughs> so he's is... been in college for five years <laughs> dimitri trice is very good um buzz cut brad davison is gonna keep drawing charges he's a senior one thing that i saw that i loved uh it when i was uh, doing research for this is that someone referred to them as vets because these are these guys are not upperclassmen they are veterans of college basketball which you do not say about most teams that's wisconsin Do... they are cagey veterans yeah that's them they... And the young guys on UNC are probably the ones who give them the best chance. And like guys like Walker Kessler, Armando Baycott is the guy. Armando Baycott is probably better than anybody uh, Wisconsin can throw out on the floor. So you just have to trust Wisconsin basketball. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. If they if they play too much uh, Garrison Brooks, deep trouble. They, offensive, they, they do offensive rebound very well, I should say. So like kind of might be a tough test for Baylor. And Wisconsin can't beat anybody. I don't know. I that's what I think. I, I like I mean, UNC. But UNC is nobody. I feel like they're eighteen yeah. and ten as yeah. a UN, as an UNC yeah. team. It's true. ACC was not great this year. All right, let's go to what I think is the most popular upset pick here: Villanova versus Winthrop. Can you walk us through why that is? Because Winthrop's lost a single game this season by two points. By yeah, by two points. They are members of the beloved Big South Conference. Yes. With you know giants such as Radford, you know. Just real, real standout teams. Chandler Var- um, Vaudrin might rack up a triple double. The guy averages twelve seven and seven. You know, they uh, their effective field goal percentage is fifty three percent. That's pretty good. You know, great stuff. Uh, free, their free throw attempt per field goal attempt. Josh three point three six. Josh Corbin is terrific three point shooter. Like they remind me of Wofford a little bit. I should say like that's that's the vibes I'm getting off this team. And I love that Wofford team. They almost made it to Sweet Sixteen. Almost beat a two seed. So yeah, I kind of want. Didn't they? play houston and lose to them i don't remember i don't quite remember but uh and villanova lost their best player in colin gillespie their point guard and the guy they had to replace him i think joshua moore got injured in the game where he replaced <laughs> yeah so they are losing a bunch of games and i wrote in my notes that i would not be surprised to see jay wright and coach k on a cbs panel together sometime in sweet six yeah <laughs> which is my thoughts on this game I, I have an interesting take on this game um, when we get to the bracket. Okay. Oh, wait. All right. So next. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. So next is let's, let's go a little quicker with these so we can get up to the shooting the video. But Purdue UNT, any quick takes? This is a surprising game. 
Yeah. I think that this game is going to surprise a lot of people. That's all I'll say for now. I just think North Texas is a better 13 seed than Ohio. JV on Hamlet is very good. Oh, better than Ohio. Ooh, interesting. Trev- JV on Hamlet versus Trevion Williams is going to be the matchup of this game. Watch those guy. Williams versus Hamlet. Yes. To be or not to be a Cinderella team. All right. Arkansas versus uh, Colgate. Wrong, wrong. Wait, no, that's not the wrong one. It is the right one. Yeah, it's the right. Yeah. Okay. Notes. I, I've got, I have to the entirety of to be or not to be memorized, but this is a sports podcast. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did as well at one point. <laughs> what a great, what, what great stuff. All right. Arkansas versus Colgate. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I The must bus is rolling, but Colgate is nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, they're rolling. Number nine in net. 14 and one. Member of the beloved Patriot League. Beat BU five times, five and zero oh against BU. We have that Efe- um, effective field goal percentage of fifty-seven percent. Yeah, perfect combo of literally haven't played anybody and scary good offensively talented Cinderella possibility. That's Colgate. Jordan Burns is probably gonna rain threes for God knows how long. But the must both bust. of these teams, both these teams average more than eighty points a game. Yeah, Moses but Moody the, though. The Raiders, the Raiders average eighty-six. Moses Moody in Arkansas is a legitimate lottery pick though, and like. Yeah. Brent Musburger is a great coach. Um, like the their only loss recently was to LSU, who is also a very good team. Justin Smith and JD Note are really good too. Like this Arkansas team could lose to Colgate because Colgate is super duper fun and could be awesome. Could also be terrible. This is also one of the first games of the tournament. Oh really? Oh that's yeah. that's what a great way to kick it off in style. I really don't know what's going to happen in this game. Which, like, I think Arkansas is a lot better than Colgate, but also Colgate could uh, just make this so much fun. We could, yeah. we. Could. I honestly think they could run them yeah. off the floor. I also realize now that I totally skipped Mac McClung and... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, you, picked, you, skip, you did skip Texas Tech. Yeah, I Mac, that is a team. Mac McClung and Texas Tech. I know nothing about Utah State, I should say. I know nothing about them. You would have to inform me because I don't. All I know is that... They're in the um, Midwest Conference. That's all you yeah, know. Very much a bubble team. Very much uh, the... I don't know mid-major bubble team. Yeah, I don't know quite know how they made it into this tournament. I would not have placed them in this tournament. I might have placed someone like the great St. Louis University in over them, but whatever. That's that's not why we're here. Uh, but Texas Tech is really good because they are a tough team. They play really hard. Mac McClung can hit a bunch of clutch shots and classic Hamba candidate guy, Mac McClung. I was hoping they would end up playing Georgetown in like a six versus eleven or five versus twelve or something like that. But unfortunately, it was not to be. Yeah. Yeah, transferred from Georgetown. And, uh, all right, so next we've got Florida versus Virginia Tech. I have not much to say about Virginia Tech. And Florida lost their best player to a heart issue earlier on this season. But Trey Mann is Uh, great. I picked Virginia Tech just for, you know, reasons of getting a 10 seed to win. Should mention Wofford. Their coach and their best player, Coach Mike Young, best player Kebe Aluma, both transferred from that Wofford team to Virginia Tech. Or I guess the coach just left and Kebe Aluma came with them. Yeah, Florida is good because Trey Mann is sort of like an SGA type, and like he's a six-six guard. He can score in bunches. Former five-star, lost a little bit of that sheen. It really picked it up this sophomore year. Scotty Lewis is good too. They, what I've seen from their schedule is that they beat good teams and lose to bad ones, which means they could very easily lose to Virginia Tech, but they also could beat OSU. Let's get to OSU. Sure. We got on Ohio State. Dwayne Washington Jr., EJ Liddell, Justice Suing. How can you not be a fan of this? These guys. Because they're the Buckeyes, they're in the Big Ten, they're a football school, they don't belong here, and they're going to somehow sneak into the Elite Eight because their conference is a joke, or because their region is a joke. Also, when I, when I was watching Dwayne Washington Jr. in the Big Ten tourney, you know who I w- he was reminding me of, at least a little bit? 
Remember when Derek Williams went on that run for Arizona? With Arizona. That like just basically got him picked number two overall, even though he really shouldn't have been. Dwayne Washington Jr. is the guy who like can dominate in that sort of sense. I think he can score a lot. Didn't he drop like thirty, even in like a losing effort or something like that in the Big Ten, or is that in the game before? I don't know. He's really terrific. Usually, Adele is the best player on the team. If Justice Sewing doesn't throw the ball away, they could beat anybody. They could beat Baylor. They could play in the title game. I think I have one bracket where I have them in the title game. So this is a really good Buckeyes team. They've been great all year. They lost to Michigan, though, in probably the best game that we've had all season, right? Wouldn't you say that that was the best game we had all season? Yeah. Baylor-West Virginia is up there, though. Yes, Baylor-West Virginia is definitely. All right, so why don't we talk about the team that a lot of people are saying, oh, this this is the team that we think about during like tourney time because they look like the best team in basketball at the right time. They look like they have two of the best players in college basketball in Iota Somo and Kofi, Co- uh, Kofi Coburn. Io is the like, I don't know about a Kemba candidate. He is just um, best player in the tourney candidate. He's like maybe Kemba in the sense that he's not going to be a lotto pick, but they're very good. Kofi Coburn is going to dominate smaller teams like he dominated the Big Ten. And since since they they lost two close games in mid January and have lost once since then, the Michigan State actually. And One thing pop- to keep note yeah. of is that they they're very bad in non conference games. Yeah, they lost uh, a bunch. They were very inconsistent earlier on the season, but they have really rounded into shape. I should also mention that they have a top ten offense and a top ten defense by defensive efficiency. So that's scary, I should say. And the playing Drexel, which shout out Joseph Maltinsky, go Dragons. We like Cameron Winter. It's their first 20 ch- appearance in 25 years, and let's get to Loyola Chicago. Sure. Yeah. What do you think about Loyola Chicago and the traveling Sister Jeans, including Sister Jean, who will be She's in attendance? She's going to be there. She's going she to be, be there. there. Amazing. 101 and still absolutely chugging. We love Sister Loyola, Jean. Loyola's defense is very good. This is a good Loyola team. They should not have been an eight seed. They're number nine in Ken Palm and number 10 in net, which means that they probably should have been like a three seed. At least a five seed. Come on. Give them a five seed against like Georgetown or something like that. But instead, they are an eight seed playing Josh Pastner. And Cameron Crutwig, I said I was going to compare him to Nikola Jokic. I'm comparing him right now to Nikola Jokic. He is the closest thing college basketball has to Nikola Jokic. They are the number one defense. He's got a great stash. Great stash. You said they have a very good defense. They have the best defense in the country like as far as um, points-wise. Like They allow the fewest points. And... The best de- have the best defensive efficiency in the country. <laughs> we talk of Illinois, but are they making it to the Sweet Sixteen? Are they? Uh, see, like I, they're either not making it to the Sweet Sixteen or they're going to the Final Four. Yeah, it's Would... it's it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, any Loyola sh- any Loyola thoughts? I just love Cameron Crutwig. I mean, yeah. there's not really another player on that team that deserves you know mentioning. Beautiful little mustache, Cameron Crutwig. This is this could be like America's team to get behind once again. Because that Final Four team, I remember that. I think I was on Loyola's campus at some point during that Final Four run. Something along those lines, which was insane. But, um, oh, no, no, no. I think I was on their camp. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, with Loyola, this is a better team than that year. This is just a better team than that, which is scary. Super scary. All right, and they're playing Georgia Tech, which won the ACC. Has won a lot of games recently. Yeah, we should also mention that the ACC... You know, for uh, people who have followed college basketball in the past, maybe not this year, UN- ACC includes Duke, UNC, Florida State, Virginia. Only three of those teams are even in the tourney this year, and Georgia Tech with Josh Pastner won it because of Jose Alvarado, ACC Defender of the Year, and Moses Wright. Jose the Alvarado, the Rays guy? That's what you would think, right? 
But no, Jose Alvarado is actually an incredible defensive player for Georgia Tech. And like, I hate that these two teams are playing each other because both of them could be dominant, like really fun Cinderella's. Although Georgia Tech is not a fun Cinderella. Nah, Jose Alvarado is a lot of fun. Moses Wright is really good. Mm-hmm. They're fun. They might be loyal in round one. Don't do not be surprised if that happens. All right, let's 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 get through the the rest of these teams get a little quickly. Uh, Tennessee. Quick quick thoughts on them. They have Keon Johnson, Jane Springer. Both might be uh, lottery picks. Keon Johnson for sure is going to be lottery pick. Both are going to be first round picks. good at defending. Oregon's not really that good. I was kind of wanting to pick Oregon State. Um, they won the Pac-12. Ethan Thompson Pac-12. is really good right now. Yeah. They have this. They kind of have the similar Georgetown feel, but I think Tennessee is a better team. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State. They've Cade. They have Isaac Lake Kelly. Um, we're going to talk about them more because we're probably going to have a pick to go pretty far. Caleb Boone is going to be hitting a bunch of threes. They deserve better than a three, but whatever. They can beat anyone or lose to anyone. Liberty? Liberty Flames? Uh, they were an upset pick a couple years ago, not this year. Only because they're playing OK State. I say Flames, that, that is their nickname, and they are also a top 10 three-point shooting team in the country, so Flames is very much apropos here. Uh, San Diego State? Thoughts? This is, when we get to the bracket, it, it, this is going to be a very interesting thing to talk about because you could pick both of these teams to win more, two or more games and you could have a very good reason. Yeah. San Diego State, I think I, in the bracket I'm looking at, at least I have them in the Elite Eight. But San Diego State, metrics love them. They've won 14 games in a row. Matt Mitchell is great. What about Syracuse? Syracuse is, you know, the team that kind of should have been in a play in game. Yes. I feel like. Over but Michigan I, State, yeah. Over Michigan State. But or at under. the same time, I think they're given they're being given an opportunity. I think they're gonna take this and run a very long way with it. Buddy Bayheim, Jim Bayheim's son, who has a green light to shoot, which could not be funnier, is just he's he's gonna shoot. He's gonna keep shooting. Buddy Bayheim has a green light to shoot. That's all you look, that's the reason look to watch out whenever Syracuse is an eleven. Just yeah. That's true. That is true. West Virginia. Uh, they've kind of fallen off a bit. Like Derek Culver is very good. Miles McBride is a very good point guard. Best assist turnover ratio in the Big 12. Taz Sherman is going to be hitting bombs. Yeah, watch Derek Culver. If West, if West Virginia goes goes for a nice long run, Derek Culver is probably the, re- the reason. Forehead State, Morehead State. Forehead State, the Temples. Johnny Broom is great. They've won 12 in a row. Probably not going to be. 23-7, but they also play in the Ohio Valley Conference, which, oh. you know, there's really not a, there's already the Missouri Valley. Ohio's Kind of close to Missouri. I don't know why yes. you need two valleys. They're not that close. Check out the Midwest sometime. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Clemson versus Rutgers. Clemson's so bad. They have good defense, but their offense <laughs> but they is can't horrible. Score. They don't even average a point per possession. <laughs> yeah, they lose a bunch of games that they really shouldn't, which imagine like if you just play a bunch of like teams where they're, they're Cinderella moment against you, which is what's happened to Clemson a lot this year. <laughs> it's Amir, two football yeah. schools going head to head, which is you uh, yeah. Know. Amir Sims is very good defensive, uh, very good center for their team. So like, if you see like a just a big guy on Clemson who's doing everything against Rutgers or even against Houston, maybe that's gonna be Amir Sims. Ron Harper Jr. Though, I saw this. I'm not sure I believe it. Ron Harper Jr., son of Ron Harper, of course. It says he's listed at six six two forty five. That's 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 quite he hefty. Yeah, it doesn't look that big though. That's got to be a typo, right? This should be like six six two fifteen, right? I don't know. I choose to believe it. I haven't watched a second of Rutgers basketball this year, but I need to now. Apparently, 
again, a very good defensive team. So this game might suck unless you're super into games that end like 48-43. But Rutgers is a very smart team. I think they're a lot better than Clemson, honestly. All right, anyway, Houston. We have no idea who these guys are, seriously. The metrics think that they are a top five team. They've also lost a couple clunkers. They dodged the Zags infamously. They were going to play against them, and Kelvin Sampson was like, hmm. Any, anywhere, anytime. Who do you schedule again? Like Lady of the Lake or some tiny t- school that they obviously brutally just stomped. But I am so happy to see Quentin Grimes starring anywhere. I loved him on Kansas for like the two games that he was good. Uh, Kelvin Sampson is a great coach. Terrific defense. I think they have the best field goal percentage against in the entire country. Very good offense. Could make a run. It's not like crazy to ru- don't rule it out for sure. Any thoughts on Houston? They have a 20 point uh, point differential. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right. So and then, yeah, they are very good offense, very good defense, and they play in a bad conference. So you don't really know what to make of them. And then lastly, Cleveland State. They got a guy named Tory Patton who's decent. They've got a decent defense. Uh, defense apparently their coaching staff is full of a like bunch of guys who like will be probably coaches in like bigger division one schools in the future so pay attention to that that's the only thing i really got when doing research on them though and that is our bracket now we are going to transition to our youtube show where we fill out a bracket live on the stack youtube account join us